Yes. Welcome to Open Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show offers listeners first-hand insight in starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and informative weekly blog, where you'll read and comment on life as wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Jason. Like Jason said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. Before we start, I want to introduce my co-host, who you just heard from, Jason Malik from Arise Studio in Conway, Arkansas. Hey, help say hello, Jason. Hello, Carrie. So I told everybody I was going to bust him out today on the radio because we call him Radio <laughs> Jesus. And he said if I did, we were going to have to say prayers. <laughs> if anybody's watching on Facebook Live, he looks like Radio Jesus. I think Jesus had more hair. Well, maybe. He was at least as long as yours. Uh, I want to say if right now you're sitting at your computer, you might want to watch Radio Jesus Live on FlagandBanner.com's <laughs> Facebook page. It's kind of fun to see what goes on behind the scene and at the breaks as it happens in real time. If for some reason you miss any part of the show, want to hear it again or share it, there is a way and Jason will tell you how. Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to flagandbanner.com and clicking on radio show. There you may join our email list or like us on Facebook, thus getting a reminder notification of the day of the show and a sneak peek of that day's guest. And if you'd like to be an underwriter of any UIYB shows, send an email to marketing at flagandbanner.com. That's marketing at flagandbanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Jason. If you're tuning into this broadcast for the first time, welcome. If you're a returning fan, you probably know this next part by heart, But and I'm sorry, but at the risk of being boring, we must repeat ourselves for the newcomers, and besides that, it gives my guest a chance to settle into their seat. This show, Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began as a platform for me, a small business owner, and a guest to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought it would speak to entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs, but it seems to have a wider audience appeal because, after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories? To see people in their totality is humanizing. We all thirst to connect and make sense of an overcomplicated world. And on this show, we have the luxury of time to go deeper than a mere soundbite or headline. And my favorite part, we always learn something. It's no secret that successful people work hard, but other common traits found in many of my guests are the heart of a teacher, belief in a higher power, and creativity because business in of itself is creative. My guest today is very creative business person. Having both a degree in business administration and art administration, Miss Christina Littlejohn, CEO of Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, has combined her talents to do what many persons thought impossible resurrect the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra after the 2008 banking crisis. It was 2009 when Christina brought her talents to Little Rock along with her three-year-old daughter, leaving her already successful career in Florida. 
Through her team-building skills and courageous infrastructure changes, she is now able to proudly boast that the ASO is healthy, strong, and in the black with an annual budget of $3.4 million and an endowment to ensure its longevity for future generations. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the creative businesswoman who leaves an impressive legacy wherever she goes, the CEO of the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, Miss Christina Littlejohn. Thank you. I loved reading about you. Well, thank you. I don't know if we've ever met before. We were trying to figure it out a minute ago. But one thing that you say about yourself that I read a quote that you said, and this is so true in everything I read about you, you are, you can build a team, get people to work together collaboratively and creatively and move towards one common goal. That is a skill that you can't learn in college. That is something that true leaders can do. And I even recognized that before I read this about you and you said, and I quote, one thing I seem to excel at is leading the team. Right. Yes. Sorry. It's funny to listen to all those things said about you. So it's, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I will, and I would say that Arkansas Symphony's turnaround was through a, a massive team effort. So it's musicians and staff and board members all wanted to make sure that we had an orchestra here to survive and to commun and to communicate and contribute to our um, to our city and to be here forever. So it was it was a team effort for sure. And everything does take a team. I mean, you can't can't accomplish anything great and you can't accomplish anything that's in service to others without others participating. It does. Uh, yeah, you got to have people with you. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. Um, a lot of leaders don't realize that it. it's kind of my way or the highway, but that's really not the best way to lead. It even goes back that when I read this about you, that when you were um, you were a music major at Furman University, because you're from South Carolina, right? Uh huh. And that you were a music major there, and that your school newspaper was about to fold. Yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, that was that was funny. I love love writing, and so I started off writing humor stories, and then I became features editor, and then and then I became I was named editor in chief, and the head of dean of academics called me into his office, and he said, he's like, look, you're going to be editor. He goes, you're a music major. I don't know why you have this position. He's like, I don't think you can do it, but I'm just giving you a heads up that. If you don't turn it around, we're just going to end the newspaper because nobody reads it. It ends up in the trash all the time. And so you have six months to a year. It's up to you. If you do it, great. Don't believe in you. But if you don't, it's gone away. So so that was an interesting challenge because I was like, I'm not going to go away. Who are you to tell me that I can't do this? How old were you? I was probably 19 or 20 at that point. So at 19 or 20, you were given this college newspaper. Uh-huh. Told to turn it around, or I mean, she's a turnaround queen. Told to turn it around. I'm gonna, if you're gonna be Radio Jesus, she's gonna be turnaround queen. I know, it's really funny how things have turned out. Yeah, that is, that's, I, yeah, but it was a great experience. It was wonderful. Um, and I had a phenomenal team of um, student editors with me. Um, and I mean, they're just phenomenal writers. One is a friend of mine who's a playwright now in New York. Another one's been a journalist, earning a living as a journalist for the last 20 some odd years. I mean, it was a fabulous team of people that I got to work with. Um, and yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And then also 
I had the benefit of having a great mentor. Um, the university president and I had the same birthday, which is weird that we both that we knew that. But anyway, he, <laughs> <laughs> now Furman's a good small private liberal arts school, but the university president, Dr. Johns, was just fabulous. And for some reason, he decided to take me under his wing and teach me leadership and be my mentor and help me during the year as well. And we made a lot of changes and it was just the coolest experience because um, we changed our look, we changed our strategy, we changed, we did a strategic planning for the day um, in somebody's house in Atlanta, we went to Six Flags. So we did fun team building stuff and then we did strategy development. And then uh, the newspaper did turn around and quickly we started getting these letters from students and from faculty members we just put them on the wall of our office, uh, letters of congratulation. And eventually, within a couple months, that dean of academics sent us one, too, that we had. And we put it on the wall. So it was cool. We won awards for the first time in 15 years. I think it's been a long time. But we won awards and we won Best Paper in Our Division. Anyway, it was a great experience. Whatever you did must have worked because it's still going strong. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It is. So you set, you set processes in place. That are still there today. I guess so. I think part of it is you've got to make things fun. So if you can surround yourself with the smartest people humanly possible that you can find. I mean, again, that's it with that newspaper or here in Arkansas. Who are the smartest people in the room? Who are the smartest people that you can bring into the room and work with that group? Um, and you also still have to make it fun. So you need some successes and you need to make sure that it's fun. Um, right now, our symphony staff is having its annual Christmas party. We uh, do Christmas concerts in December, so we don't really have any time. So you're there Christmas at the office February? having fun. Ha mm -hmm. so what are y'all doing? Oh, they did that. They, we just did the uh, holiday gift exchange before mm -hmm. I left. And then um, <laughs> I'm sure they're playing Bago. <laughs> they're probably playing other stuff. Too. Christmas in February. <laughs> exactly. So, that's a good idea. Yeah. So if you do your, so I think that's a big piece of it with the team. Um, it does take a team to turn around. One person can't ever do that by, by herself or himself. And so it takes all of you working together, but it's hard work to turn things around. And so that's another reason why you just kind of make sure that it's fun. So your mother plays an instrument, your parents play an instrument, you're a music major, you're turning a newspaper around, but you like to write. What instrument do you play? I play the cello. Um, my parents oh, actually the don't. Cello. Cool. They don't play anything. Um, how, how did you, when did you know you could? Well, I was lucky in Greenville, South Carolina. South Carolina at that time, Governor Richard Riley was our governor. And South Carolina spent second only to Minnesota on arts education for in the schools and so the string instrument was offered through our public elementary schools in fourth grade and you started playing in the fourth grade yeah and you knew you had an affinity for it right i was stuck with violin because at that point they only made uh violins that small so i was really small and they made me take the violin but in sixth grade i got to switch to the cello arkansas what does it rank in spending money on, li on liberal arts like that <laughs> i have no idea you don't i know it's not number I'm two surprised. that much i know for sure I, I mean, it's not very high. I mean, in the, there's, let's see, in the 80s, 90s, probably in the 90s, a lot of states started dropping the amount of money that they spent mm -hmm. on music education, probably all the arts, but definitely music. And so here in Little Rock, one of the things that we've added in the last couple of years is more string instrument instruction. Mm -hmm. So we've now partnered with, I'm sure I'll get this wrong, but it's at least eight elementary schools. So we're now teaching hundreds of kids violin. The Arkansas Symphony is? Yes, through these partner schools. So over the last couple of years, we were able to add a program that we call the Sturgis Music Academy. And we teach after hours in some schools, so after school in some elementary schools. And then we teach during the day at Bale Elementary. 
So we teach all the third and fourth graders at Bell Elementary right now violin. It's that. precious. They're yeah, so cute. Precious. <laughs> They're so cute watching them play their violins. So you went to school. It looks like you got a degree in business and a degree, a business administration and a degree in art administration. So what is this music? The undergrad degree is in music. The I undergrads play, in music. Undergrads in music. I play the cello. I went to Furman on a music scholarship um, and... And decided to go f- into business. Those don't seem, That seems like right brain, left brain. I don't get that. Well, see, what was interesting was um, being editor of the newspaper. So I, I was... <laughs> so I think about this now. So the two things that I was thinking about pursuing were journalism or playing the cello in an orchestra. Either one would have been very hard. And so <laughs> I'm not saying what I've picked is easier, but it's got to be easier than being in journalism right now. Um... So, but one of the things that I looked at, I was like, well, I was, I was a really good cello player. Um, and I was a really good writer too, but one area, but there were better writers like my friend that's earning, that's writing plays off Broadway and mm-hmm. they're really strong writers and they're cello, gosh, to earn a living as a playing musician in an orchestra, I knew it would take a minimum of 10 hours a day in the practice room by myself and it's a luck of a draw. I mean, hundreds of people audition for a spot at the Cleveland Orchestra, or even a spot here. I mean, it's just a hard living. And I thought, they're better chili players, they're better writers. But one thing I seem to be doing well at is I can build a team. And so we um, took a family vacation and we're in, where were we? I think we were through Minneapolis or Detroit. We were in Detroit. And there was a newspaper article on the new head of the Detroit Symphony, the new executive director of Detroit Symphony. And I remember my mom looking at that newspaper article and throwing it back in the back seat going, read this because this is what you need to do. Oh, mom. Yeah. And so I read that article. I was like, oh, she's right. That is exactly what I need to do. And so I went to Cincinnati. Cincinnati Conservatory has a program where you can get a master's of arts administration and a master's of business administration. Oh, and so that way it was that way I had my MBA in case I wanted to go do um, more for profit. But I also had they had an arts administration program since the 70s. So they really know what they're doing in terms of teaching people to do what I do. And mm-hmm. so I was able to take development class strategy for the arts, production operations, uh, finance. So, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely took all my finance classes and and you uh, graduated. And what happened? First, I was in New Orleans with Louisiana Phil. Um, next, I was in Mobile, Alabama, where I built an orchestra there. From the ground up? Yep. Nobody else? Well, we were presenting touring orchestras, and I had a board. So, um, How'd you put the board together? Well, the board, actually, that one we were presenting touring orchestras. So we were presenting Louisiana Phil. So the budget was around 200000 and we would just present chamber orchestras as they came through. Did somebody the come to you and say, I have $200,000, I want you to build a symphony? No, but what what they did was they said, we're looking for a general manager to present these orchestras, but we're thinking about starting our own orchestra here at Mobile. And what do you think? And I said, you know, you can't hire one person to build an orchestra. It's going to take the entire community to build an orchestra, and you need to know why you're doing it, and you need to think about these things. And so they hired me, and then within within a year, we went to the beach for the weekend and did a strategic planning, and it was just obvious from the dreams of what we wanted to accomplish for Mobile, we needed to build an orchestra. And so we set about building an orchestra. So it started in New Orleans and ended up in Mobile. No, no, no. This was the Mobile Symphony. I was in New Orleans with Louisiana Phil, and then I was in Mobile, and I built helped build the Mobile Symphony. What were you orchestra. doing in Mobile if you weren't if there wasn't a symphony already? I was just hired to present outside orchestras, oh. put on concerts. It would be just like hiring somebody um, to to put on a concert. Okay, and then you got moved from. So I was in Mobile for ten years, and then you moved to Miami, Florida. That seems like paradise. 
And you left. <laughs> I don't know about paradise. It mm-hmm. is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The weather is gorgeous. Yeah. So what did you do there? So you've built this baby. You built your, I don't know how you left your baby. You built Mobile, Alabama, all the way up. Feels mm-hmm. like your baby. Mm-hmm. You must have gotten a great job offer to move to Florida. Yeah, 10 years. I've been there 10 years and we had an orchestra. We had those programs. We had um, 14 partner elementary schools. So we were teaching hundreds of kids, pylon. Um, it was great. And we had a Dynamite Cash Reserve, a building. But Cleveland Orchestra had, uh, Cleveland Orchestra had a really neat opportunity. They were launching a residency in Miami, Florida. And that seemed like the perfect fit for me to help build, wasn't the orchestra from the ground up, because the Cleveland Orchestra is just amazing organization. It's a $55 million budget. Um, but they were doing something brand new and new to our field too, but it was a something that could help Cleveland, because Cleveland, the city was declining, but Miami was not. Miami's definitely not declining com- community or population. So could they send the Cleveland Orchestra to Miami for January, February, March for the winter? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that would decrease some inventory in Cleveland mm-hmm. um, and then the, and then increase it in Miami. So that was the game plan. And so God, that was that was hard work because um, we had a brand new hall opening. So and you but, only had musicians three months out of the year, three weeks, three weeks out of three the year, weeks out of the year. So you were ready to leave there. Yeah, that was really hard because it, it was it was me and an assistant, and my budget there was $3.5 million for the two of us, and it was it was a lot of work. Okay, this is a great place <laughs> to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Miss Christina Littlejohn, CEO of the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. We'll get more tips on her leadership skills. We'll find out how she ended up coming to uh, Little Rock. She builds her – we'll, um, we'll also figure out, talk to her about how she managed to survive – and restore the uh, Arkansas Symphony Orchestra from the 2008 banking crisis, how she survived the ASO's homelessness during the year and a half long renovation of Robinson Auditorium, and last, what her plans are to replace maestro Philip Mann, who will be moving on to further his career at the end of this year. And we're going to talk about educational opportunities for budding musicians. We'll be back right after the break. Boost morale and patriotism with a new flag or flagpole from Arkansas'sFlagandBanner.com. We have poles, hardware, accessories, maintenance support, installation, and custom flags. We have flags of all kind for the sports enthusiast, the world traveler, or history buff. We have them all. Bring in your old flag and get $5 off a new one. Consult the experts at Arkansas'sFlagandBanner.com. Come shop our historic location at 800 West 9th Street in Little Rock or visit us online at FlagandBanner.com. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now, a third of their sales come via the internet. This past year, Flag and Banner added another internet feature, live chatting. Over time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew. As early as 2004, she began sharing this knowledge on her weekly blog. And in 2009, she founded a nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom. And in 2014, Brave Magazine was launched. Today, she's branched out to the radio with this very production, podcast, and live stream on Facebook. 
Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guest about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you'd like to ask Carrie a question, share your story, or underwrite any of our past or present shows, send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org or message her on flagandbanners.com Facebook page. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Miss Christina Littlejohn, CEO of Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, housed in the Robinson Center in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Before the break, we talked about her leadership skills. We talked about her time uh, in college. She's got lots of degrees. We talked about her in her innate ability to resurrect just about anything from the dead. I've got a dog. I've got a dog. I'd love to have back. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're going to talk about what she's done for the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. In two thousand, there was the two thousand and eight banking crisis. Our local symphony was in the red, seven hundred thousand dollars in debt. It was six months from insolvency and folding. Christina, little John. What made you decide to accept this job in 2009 and come to bring your three-year-old daughter to Little Rock, Arkansas? Well, well, the people, um, the people. It was uh, Gus Ratzinus, Lee Rennell, George Mitchell were our life members of our board. Um, Martin Toma was board chair. And I came and interviewed for a couple days. Also, Little Rock reminds me a lot of home. I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. And I spent so much time in the Gulf area, but Little Rock really reminds me of home. Um, it feels, it's just right. Like Miami was too big, Pensacola was too small, and Little Rock is just right. And people are nice, and people are smart, and um, yeah, but it, it was those life members. And it was, uh, it was also that people cared that much, that that many people would come to a dinner to meet a potential executive director uh, meant a lot. How and many it, people? Must have been forty people at that oh. dinner. I mean, that's a real statement of how much people care How'd about they this find symphony. You? Um, Did you have a resume out? Uh, there's somebody they called somebody. He recommended me. Word of mouth. Yeah, word of mouth. Our industry is scared? tiny. Yeah. Were you scared to move here? Yeah. Um, Take on such a big task. Huh. Well, I don't know that any of us knew how big the task was until I got here. And then we were like, wait a second. This is not real pretty. This is a lot uglier than any of Nobody us knew. Nobody mentioned that we were six months away from yeah, bankruptcy. Right. I, I Honestly, I do not believe the board knew that. I just, I think that, um, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. So, but I, I don't, but we, we pulled it out. Again, it was, it was the fact that that many people would show up to just meet a potential executive director. I made a real statement to me. You went on your gut instinct. You you made this decision off the heart, not the off your heart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a head decision. Definitely a heart decision. So what was the first <laughs> thing you did? Uh, the first thing we had to do was I had a great board chair, Martin Toma. So Martin Toma was new as the board chair. Um, Martin and I spent a lot of time together. Uh, we We built a financial recovery task force that included musicians and board and staff members. Um, again, it still always goes back to the team. Um, in order to flip anything, you need a team. So that seemed uh, very inclusive. It was musicians, board members, and staff. And staff uh-huh. is that normal? 
Um, I don't know if it's normal, but it was what we needed to do mm. um, in order to. The problem was really, it was a really big problem. And in order to solve a really big problem, you need a lot of people pulling in the exact same direction. Um, and in a symphony, the, our biggest constituents are the musicians, the staff, and the board. We're the the intimate key. And then obviously the audience and the community members, but we're the, we have the most invested. Um, and so it took all of us working on the same page, rowing in the exact same direction. And so what we had to do, we realized once we realized how big the problem was and the number, we were basically the orchestra been operating with a $500,000 operating gap for years. Um, and so the musicians and the staff took pay cuts with awesome positions. How hard was that? I made a lot of cuts to our marketing. I feel like we print on toilet paper. Um, <laughs> and then the staff said, and then the board said, because then we were like, okay, here's where we can make the cuts, but we feel like anything beyond $200,000 is really going to jeopardize. We'll, we'll have to lay off more musicians or more staff. And it would really, Martin had this line. He said, take us to... Cut us to the edge, but don't let us go over the cliff. Make sure that when we come back, we'll have, you know, we can thrive instead of make sure that we're not cutting off essential pieces of the of the organization. And so the board members of that financial task force said, you know what, we're going to own 300000 of the problem. Don't cut any more. Anything beyond that's going to really hurt us in the long term. So we're going to own 300000 of the problem. And so they increased their giving 300%. So they wow. made that gap up. Yes. So it was a, we call it a shared sacrifice or an all in all play, but it was a total team effort because that's what it took to do it. So the board upped uh, their giving by 300%. Yep. The staff and musicians took pay cuts mm -hmm. and you printed on toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, our marketing budget was decimated, but that's all right. We lowered our ticket prices as well. And so, uh, lowering our ticket prices increased the number of people that were actually coming to our concerts. Um, Entergy was great. They came in as a sponsor to make tickets free on Sundays for kids. So when we had it free for kids on Sunday and then some more families could come and we'd lowered the ticket price. So it, the more people in a house uh, makes, makes, makes everybody feel more successful. And so even though we cut mm. our marketing budget, we also cut the price and then we had the free and then so it could build our audiences back up. So I would have thought if you cut your marketing budget, you would have cut yourself off from sales. That would I would not have thought that. I would not have thought that if you brought all those different people to the table, you would end up with 100 people at the table with, with that, that were unable to make decisions. Because sometimes too many people can't get anything done. We had representatives. Sorry. There were three. There were like three, three, and three. Or four, four, and four. Representatives. So yeah. They're not all in no, the room. No, 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 no. Sorry. Just four leaders of each group. Yes. And then they would take the information back to their group and right. mull it over. Exactly. Um, you went, how long How long did it take before you started to kind of, how long did it take to put that together and make the, and get those decisions made that you just talked about to implement that? It probably it had to take at least a couple of months because part of it also is we had to analyze what the financial problems were, right? You can't solve... You can't solve the financial problems if you don't have a number. Because you've got six months till you're bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. You've got to do all of this fast. <clears throat> right. So I think it still took, I got here June 1st. I think it took us took us at least two to three months to get that number and know what the problem was and then pull us together. And then and then we met a lot of Saturdays. So do you go out and sell? Uh, no? 
Well, well, I mean, I raise money for the symphony. The symphony yeah. lives or raise, dies by donations. Right. Do you raise money on top of all the other stuff you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief fundraiser. That's the CEO is also the chief fundraiser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's important. Like, I was thinking about it. The money that's given to Little Rock, the money that's given to Arkansas Symphony is used to make sure that we have musicians here. We need Kirill here. We need David Gerstein here. We need our musicians living in Little Rock to play in the orchestra because they're phenomenal players. They went to Indiana. They went to Rice. They went to Eastman. They went to Juilliard. They're phenomenal players. But we need them living here so that they can teach at Episcopal. They can teach at my daughter's school. They can teach other places, right? And so that they can teach private lessons and play in our churches and play for our weddings and play for our memorial services. And if all we did was fly musicians in just for a concert, then they're not going to be here to make the real impact. I know every day that every day of my job that I'm working, our organization's making a difference and it's changing somebody's life. Um, if all we did was just do con just present concerts and fly our musicians in for just a concert, then they're not here to make a difference. But that's why we need the money because we need to make sure that they can earn a living here. And so uh, for, for some of them, probably at least 12, we're their base salary, we're their health insurance, and they can earn money doing other things. But if we're not here and we're not doing that, then they're not musicians here to teach and to play and to be here to make an impact every single day. I've never thought about the Arkansas Symphony as all the things that you just mentioned for your weddings, for your for services, your for your churches, for 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 your schools, for teaching. I always just think about the Arkansas Symphony as performance in Robinson Auditorium. There it is. That's all y'all do. But y'all do a lot of outreach. I've never thought about that. Right. We do. And you're I mean, teaching our children. Yes. And helping us celebrate special occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sweet Cliff Baker passed away recently. And then, but David Gerstein was there to play for his memorial service. Mm -hmm. Carol was there. And I thought, you know, if we weren't here, if the Arkansas Symphony wasn't here and wasn't supported by individuals, these guys wouldn't be here to be here to celebrate and to honor those people that make a difference here in Little Rock. Your budget, you came in, your budget was uh, about 2.8 million, I think, maybe, maybe 2.5. It is now 3.4 million. And you have now have an endowment yeah, for the future of the symphony to continue? Right. Well, and we'd had an endowment when I got here. It's just grown. Um, we've, over the last year or so, we've been blessed with some endowment gifts. So it's grown to a little bit over $7 million. So in the last year or so, we've received over $2 million towards our endowment. How important is an endowment? It's extremely important. Gosh, it's so important. Um the earnings off the endowment, so about 4% of the earnings, the earnings off the endowment go to help support things like the increase in health insurance that we see every single year or the increase in the cost of living increase. People deserve some kind of raise if we can do it. So the mm -hmm. endowment helps buffer on that side. How did you navigate through the Robinson? Here you've made it through the crisis. You're, um, you're, you're, you're becoming solvent. Um, I don't know what how long it took you two thousand from so if you got here in two thousand and nine was it two thousand eleven you begin to go okay now we can breathe easy how long was it I don't know that we've ever been able to breathe easy well, isn't, that um. the, isn't that the life of a nonprofit <laughs> exactly it is a frustrating life isn't it uh. um, so now um, 
you've you've right after you got here in 2000 and f- you're, you're probably starting to make money i'm trying to do this do this timeline mm-hmm. in my head so you come at 2009 about 2011 or 12 you're probably starting to be able to breathe easy mm-hmm. and then 2014 happens and we're going to renovate the robinson center right yeah were you yeah, for that, that? About right. or were you against that? oh of course i'm behind renovating the robinson um the hall is beautiful now the orchestra you can hear us in a whole different way and you experience it and you feel it so much better it's finally a professional hall it used to feel like a barn and now it feels like you're in a real concert hall it's beautiful um so we were definitely behind it um i think about that martin had this expression don't waste a good crisis and so one of the things <laughs> i think about with it tweet that don't <laughs> waste a good crisis yeah i love that martin thomas got he's got these great zingers um and uh so one of the things i think we did really well in 2009 was build that team of musician staff and board and just a tradition and make that part of our culture so when we were out of Robinson, one of the things that we had to do was we had obviously had to plan it ahead of time. And so we had a team of musicians, board and staff, it's just mm-hmm. how we behave. And we went and explored a lot of different halls. I think we explored, we had a, was that this? I think that was the space task force. I just like saying space task force. Yeah. You sound like you're nice or something. <laughs> and so I the think space they, task force. Space task force. We checked out about 10 different halls, different possible places where the symphony could, re- could uh, perform while Robinson was closed. There's no obvious, there's no obvious backup plan here in Little Rock. Um, How many people attend a concert? Uh, we have, on average, I'd say it's on average around 1,600, 1,700. Where else is, can you do sixteen or 1,700 people around Little Rock? There's not, really. So we ended up doing the Masterworks in Maumelle High School. They have a beautiful, High School? They have a beautiful place. It holds 1,200, but it's a really nice facility to perform for 1,200 people. It's beautiful. They've I'll got a be show. Darned. It was fairly new. Um, and then we decided to do our Pops concerts at Pulaski Academy. And that holds about seventeen hundred. Oh, so we had, and we we had a lot of fun. We were able to do do some fun things. One thing we did was we performed at because people said, "Oh, it has to be right beside Robinson." So we performed in performed in that place, convention center, and we did a rehearsal there. And we asked the public to come to the rehearsal and just to let us know what their experience was like. And so that was like Good Friday, but from, it was packed out. It was hysterical because I thought, good you know, grief. where is this? The Robinson Center's closed. So you mm-hmm. have it in the convention center. Where's the convention center? Well, it was it actually it was at the Wally Allen Ballroom. So oh, this the was Wally Allen Ballroom. Wally okay. Allen Ballroom. And this is before Robinson had closed. We wanted to, we needed to know where we were going to go before Robinson closed. So, so we just did a rehearsal it. at the Wally Allen Ballroom and I gotcha. invited people to show up. And that it was packed with people showing up to just fill out a survey and tell us what their experience was. It was deemed unacceptable. Not um, because of the sound? The sound was terrible. I can imagine. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it's for orating, oh, not, not music. Awful. And so then we had to keep exploring, because that would have been the natural thing. Because it's, it's close. Right. Very close. People would know where to park. But it was horrifying. And so then we just kept exploring. And so we decided that Maumel was, even though it was across the river, and we'd have to train people to go across the river, we didn't want the quality of the orchestra to go down over two and a half years. Because you got to think about that, too. What's the musician's experience and how are they going to play? And if you put them in a spot where it's terrible for them to play for two and a half years, that's a long time. And, munis- and musicians are artists and they're persnickety. It's got to sound good. It's got to sound good. And yeah. they got to be able to hear each other. And mm-hmm. they, they've trained. And yeah, so... Mm-hmm. 
that's why we went ahead and went with Maumelle, even though it was only 1,200 seats and we knew it was across the river, but we knew that the art- artistic experience, we could not jeopardize that for two and a half years for the musicians. Mm-hmm. So we went there for Masterworks and then we went with Pulaski Academy for Pops because Pops is mic'd anyway. So it's not, it's amplified sound and PA has a nice screen there and it held 1,700 seats. So And explain what Pops is. Pops is more like popular music. Um mm-hmm. And then so it's uh, so we have some pops concerts coming up. Uh, so we're doing music of the Beatles. Um, it's Sergeant Pepper's Heart and Lonely Hearts Club Band mm-hmm. is in March, and uh, it's wonderful. Some music of Hammerstein. Um, How do I get tickets for the one in March? Nah, just go to ArkansasSymphony.org. I bet my granddaughter would love that one. Yeah, yeah. And then in um, May, it's E.T. So we. Oh, my granddaughter would love. We're that gonna one. play the full orchestra. Will be playing with a movie of E.T. It's incredible, and that's in Mother's Day weekend. I can't oh. wait. It's E.T. So. so it's audio video. Yeah, so it's the movie, and then the um, yeah, they now have it. So the you hear the full orchestra. So eighty musicians live on stage while you're watching E.T. It's before, incredible. Before we go oh, to a quick be break, cool. before we go to a quick break, I want to ask you if your attendance went down during that time, or your giving went down during the time you were out of Robinson. Right now, you're asking me. Yeah. Okay. Before we go to a break, what did it did it go down? Oh yeah, absolutely. Did, your, did your giving go down? You know, the nice part was part of what the giving is we had asked for money ahead of time, some multi-year pledges to get us through. And we were able to make the case that we needed the money ahead of time um, that we would need to make sure that we got through because industry standard, I checked with friends of mine that were out of their hall. And so we knew to count on a 25% drop in our ticket sales revenue. You're such a planner. Yeah. So it was $500,000 gap that we were going to have. So and you raised money before it happened. Thankfully, yes. You're always supposed to pers- to know that's coming first and to raise money before you need it that's a great if you philosophy. can yeah. that's what you're supposed to do yeah. don't ever go to the bank when you need it go to the bank before you right. need it if you can do it do it that's right when we come back we'll continue our conversation with miss christina littlejohn ceo of the arkansas symphony orchestra we'll learn about educational programs for budding musicians hear about the aso is engaging our hear how the aso is engaging arkansans in their concerts you just heard a little bit of it and last what her plans are to replace maestro philip man who will be moving on to further his career at the end of the year. We'll be back after a break. Boost morale and patriotism with a new flag or flagpole from ArkansasFlagandBanner.com. We have poles, hardware, accessories, maintenance support, installation, and custom flags. We have flags of all kinds for the sports enthusiast, the world traveler, or history buff. We have them all. Bring in your old flag and get $5 off a new one. Consult the experts at ArkansasFlagandBanner.com. Come shop our historic location at 800 West Knight Street in Little Rock or visit us online at flagandbanner.com. Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, where listeners are offered firsthand insight into the humanity and commonalities of successful people shared in a conversational interview with Carrie. Along with this radio show, flagandbanner.com publishes a free biannual magazine called Brave. First published in October 2014, Brave Magazine harnesses the power of storytelling and human empowerment. The Department of Arkansas Heritage recognized Brave Magazine's documentation of American life and microfishes all editions for the Arkansas State Archives. Subscribe to this free periodical by going to flagandbanner.com and selecting Magazine. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Miss Christina Littlejohn, CEO of Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, 
based in the Robinson Center in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Before the break, we talked about her education, growing up in South Carolina, her leadership qualities, which are phenomenal. If you didn't get to hear about it and you're a leader or want to be a leader, you need to go to this podcast and listen to it. She's got some great tips for you. Then we talked about her coming to Little Rock and taking over the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra right after the 2008 banking crisis and how nuts she is for doing that. (laughs) But it was a, it was something she did from the heart and we are so glad she did. And then the turnaround that came and how, again, her leadership skills mapped out the best way to uh, resurrect our symphony. And then we even talked about the closure uh, and that to bring us up to where we are now, we talked about the closure of Robinson Center for its renovations and where you played at Maumel and some other schools around during the year and a half and how you actually were smart enough to go out and get the money before you needed the money, which everybody that's in business needs to hear that because I have made that mistake before. Never ask for money when you need it. Anticipate you're going to need it and go ask for it first. So now we are uh back in our home in robinson yes we are i think we've been there one two three this is our third season third season there how is the new venue has it made a difference is attendance up attendance is up um the new venue is incredible so the new venue allows us to do different things like the et concert we could never have done that anywhere else so um so it allows us to do different things the seats are comfortable you can bring your wine to your seat what yeah. And then the orchestra fits on stage. It's a beautiful thing with the they can hear each other much better. The audience can experience it much, much better. So they've got box seats, which I think is very nice and cool. Right, right. There's some box seats. Um the grand tier seats are fabulous because you can see everything and hear everything. Grand um, tier. Is that what we used to call the mezzanine? It is, but they made it um, but it's it's completely different. So that they now have two levels. So there's a upper balcony in the grand tier and the orchestra level now. Mm-hmm. So um so there's now That's two my levels favorite place. Is Grand Tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right in the middle. I love the Grand Tier. Yeah. Well, and I love the upper balcony as well, because I can hear the acoustics in the upper balcony are fabulous. Really? Mm-hmm. And they're cheaper seats. Yeah, they are cheaper well, seats. Well, listen up, people. Yeah, they're really cheap. Get that get those uh upper balcony yeah, seats. They're only and sixteen shut your dollars. Eyes and go listen and shut your eyes. They're only sixteen dollars. Oh, only sixteen dollars. And what was the second tier? How much were those? Uh the grant the tickets range from sixty to sixteen dollars. That so. is so affordable. And it's free for kids thanks to Entergy. It's free for kids on Still. Sunday. Uh-huh. Oh, just on Sundays. Just on Sundays, but. And you can bring, you know, Americans want to drink these days. I'm, you know, it wasn't like that when I was growing up. You didn't drink on Sundays. You didn't drink at Christmas. You didn't drink at Thanksgiving. I mean, today the family gets together and everybody always has wine with everything. We have wine with everything these days. So it's, I know, look, she's like, imagine no drinking on Thanksgiving. I have to drink on holidays just to put up with people. (laughs) My sister brought wine to Christmas. Dad dad goes, he was Catholic. He said, you're drinking on Christmas? Well, yeah. kind of shocked at it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, 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 we regress. Yeah. But you can bring your wine in or your water in or what have you. Um, During the concert, they have cup holders in the seat. So I read where you have something called neighborhood concerts. What are those? Ah, those are when we play in in neighborhoods. And so we have one coming up, for example, and we're playing actually at the Mosaic Templars. And oh, then we're lovely. playing at Central High School. Um, so it's it's 
a concert that's not done at Robinson, but done in a more intimate venue. So Mosaic Templars only holds around 400 people and we're doing a concert that, and that's the other thing we can do different kinds of music. And so this one's 15 of our musicians plus seven jazz musicians. When is that? That is March 2nd and uh, Mosaic Templars March 2nd and then Central High is March 3rd. Well, I'm coming March 2nd because you know the Mosaic Templars is my sister building down there at Flag and Banner. All right. Okay. Well, it, I cannot wait because it's, it's such a nice setting. So, um, and then it'll be, like I said, 15 of our guys, seven jazz musicians, including a soloist, um, Brian Blade, Rufus Reed. So it's got Grammy Award winning musicians mixed with our musicians I just I think it'll be the coolest thing and I love that venue because it'll be nice and small and we'll have wine available for donation and it'll just feel more like a jazz club mm-hmm. Okay, and education. so the symphony never gets to do that so no that'll be fun yeah. like a jazz club mm-hmm. at the Mosaic Templar with the orchestra yeah super talented musicians alright good uh, educational programs we do we've um so we have four youth orchestras four different levels of youth orchestras so we have youth ensembles um and so you can play starting at age six probably um but then going up to high school and then we also have a program where the sturgis music academy where we now teach more violin and viola but we've also added cello so violin viola cello and they've got one day a week is with the group ensemble, and then one day you have your private lesson. So we've got those. Where do you learn about the Sturges? You can learn about that on ArkansasSymphony.org as well under education. Or do they have a website also? I don't know. No, it, they're under us, so they're part of us. So, so it's go, just to, go to ArkansasSymphony.org, and then there's education, and there's a drop-down box there that has all the different things that you can learn about. So you can um, learn about Sturges. That uh-huh. sounds like a wonderful place. Opportunity. Yeah. Is and it free or do you pay? You do pay. Um, and then we have the after school programs. Um, and, but there's scholarships too. If anybody needs, we want any child that wants to do it to be able to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter. Like if they can't afford it, that's fine. We have money that's set aside for scholarships. Um, mm-hmm. The youth orchestra programs, again, if a child auditions and they can't pay the tuition, tuition's pretty affordable. But if you can't, you know, it, it's not a big deal. We've got lots of scholarships available. Your your board is very generous. They're not going to want any child that wants to play to not play. No, exactly. We want every child that wants to play to play because we know the impact that it makes. Like at Bale Elementary School, we've been there for a few years now, but uh, the principal at that time, it's a different one now, but she said the the kids were taking violin from third and fourth grade. And she said that the kids that got their math scores back and they were 30 points higher she said, the only difference that we can think of is the violin class. So we know the impact of what music education does for our community. And all we want is our community to get stronger and more educated and have more hope and have more opportunity. So we want to play that role in this community. Oh, I love it. You know, just on a side note, my grandson was having so much trouble in school when he was about seven and he could not sit still. He started playing the drums. He's a turnaround child. He did exactly what you said. His all of a sudden as he started playing music, he became better in school. That's awesome. It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. true. Yeah. I'm here to testify. Right. Uh, I hate to talk about this, but maestro Philip Mann is leaving. Yes. He is a rock star. He is. And he's been with us for nine years and he's done such a fabulous job with the orchestra. Um, so we're really excited about the, you know, the, the, the quality that he's been able to build. And so we're just thankful that he was with us for nine years. Um, that's a normal 
Sure. You're happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be happy when people get opportunities. Has he already found another opportunity? Is that why he's He going? does a lot of international conducting. So he was in Mexico City or he was in Korea. He does a lot in London. So he does an awful lot of international conducting. Um, so he's well known. Like you said, it's a small community. Yeah, He's young, isn't he? He is. How old is he? Well, is he in his 30s? I think he crossed over. Yeah, he's very young. But he's very young, yes. Crossed over. I, I, like I, th- I, I know, think I was going to say number, something crossing over. I yeah. think that number switched to a four, but I, I honestly, I can't remember. I know it, whatever it is, he's, I know when we hired he's him, he was definitely in his early 30s. He's yeah. done a lot. He's done an awful lot, yeah. How are, I know you, mm-hmm. not, I don't know you, but I know you just from this hour-long interview that right? you've got a plan. Can you share what you're planning? What's your strategy? Are you already looking? Are you interviewing? It's a different, little different plan. So what we have for 1920 coming up, I'm so excited, is we do have some fabulous guest conductors for next year. Oh. Um, for next year or this year? For 1920. For 2019-20, we're going to be announcing that probably in the next couple of weeks. So he's going to he's gonna be maestro for the whole year. Yes, he's here through May 23rd. It'll be his last official performance. His last performance in the concert hall is at Robinson is May 2nd and 3rd. And then there's an, a neighborhood concert on the 23rd. And then he's going to be the, I think I've read this, he's going to be the music director lariat. Oh, right. Is that right? What does that yes. mean? Well, that means um, it's an honorific title. And so... Uh, it's to say thank you for the nine years that he's given to us and the great work that he's done. So it doesn't mean he's coming back to help out? He might, but it could. it's probably going to be years from now. But it, it could be. Like uh, David Itkin is our conductor laureate and Philip is our music director laureate. And so. Oh, I see. Um, it's like being past president. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Um, why did every, you know, it's like the church and the, uh, symphony and the arts. They have to use, they can't just use normal words. You know, it's just going to say he's going to get up and give a sermon, but no, they got to call it a homily. And, you know, I mean, everything oh, is funny. I know it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so we're doing he's going to do this this year uh-huh. and then next year you're going to have, we have some guest conductors next year. And then the other thing that we're doing is we're taking a minute Musician, staff, and board taking a, a moment to pause and think through what we really need from our artistic leadership. Um, it's a big job, but what kind of qualities are we looking for uh, in the person to do that? Or is it possible that some of our musicians might want to do more of that work? So just taking a moment to pause and reflect on whether or not moving in the 21st century is that's the best thing to serve orchestras. Do we just need a music director? And like, is that the right model for, for us for the 21st century? It may be. I mean, it, we're just taking a moment to pause and reflect. You're looking at it as an opportunity. This is what you said in the paper. I read it or in Arkansas business or in Arkansas times, get ready. You said, we want to make sure we are truly serving Arkansas and want to take some time to see what an orchestra of the 21st century really needs. Would it make more sense to have a principal guest conductor? What's best to really serve our audience here and be innovative and provide us with the most flexibility? Maybe we have a number of artistic advisors. What's the right artistic mode? Right. Yes, that's exactly what we're doing. We have certain imperatives the Arkansas Symphony does that we've embraced for the next five to 10 years. And we want to double our footprint. We want to have our audience. Double your footprint. What do you mean? We want to um, currently we serve. We know we serve about 10,000 people. So we want to serve 20,000. So what does that look like? Could we do more streaming? Could we do more broadcasting? Could we do more education programs? 
we want our audience to look more like Arkansas. We want a more diverse audience. So um, anyway, there's different things that we want. So is there a way it's important for us to take a moment to reflect on this? I want to take a moment to say you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Miss Christina Littlejohn, CEO of Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, housed in the Robinson Center in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Christina, it's funny you said that because right here it says that you are already streaming concerts online. We have a few that, yes, we've tried. So we, we've um, streamed. We did a free concert to open the concert hall uh, back November 30th, 2017, I think. We did a free concert um, to show off how beautiful Robinson was, and we streamed that one live, and that was fun. We did it on our site, and then Democrat Gazette picked it up on their site, and they had so many people, theirs crashed. What? So that was fun. That's wonderful. Yes, that was a lot of fun. And then we have um, some of our youth orchestra concerts we've been capturing, and those are on our website, so you can go ahead and watch a couple of those. And so we've been experimenting with it. And so, but we were thinking about, like, if we want to really serve the community, there are people that can't get to our concerts anymore. They might be in a nursing home or assisted living or what have you, and they just can't physically get here. Or... Also, we say we're the Arkansas Symphony because we do perform in Hot Springs and Russellville, but are there different parts of the state that we could stream into? And so our concerts could go to community centers, what have you. So those are things that we're working on. And then do, and then do a little uh, uh, public uh, announcement that where to make donations. Right. Absolutely. If it was so successful that it crashed... Mm-hmm. The newspaper's server. Right. Why are you not doing it every time you perform? It's expensive. Um, you can't do it yourself. It's well. One of the things that we've done is uh, the broadcast piece of the puzzle. Just the audio isn't isn't that hard or that expensive. It's the um, the video piece. So we want to do it so you can see the orchestra too. And so you got to hire the camera guys and um, make sure that they're placed. And then you've got to have the technology to make sure that it's working, that it's streaming out, and then. Um, like for November 30th, we hired, we needed a director. Like if we have a couple cameras up there, we don't want them just to. So there was a guy in the back that was reading the music score and say, you know, four measures. So at the count of 10, flip to the French horn, flip to the oboe player so that we can make it a lot more interesting for people to watch. Right. And so once you add all that to it, then it becomes more expensive. Does it have to be perfect? Not live. I don't think live has to be perfect. That's part of the whole live experience, right? I mean, look at, be look at how amateur we are on Facebook right I'm now. I'm sure <laughs> that I have not said everything perfectly on this talk. No, exactly. So in live concerts are that way, too. That's part of the joy and the, the fun of being there. So, no. I'm surprised Robinson, the new Robinson Center, doesn't have an audio, doesn't have a video equipment already in place. I know. I am, too. I wish they did. It's how it's only how many years old? It's only a couple of years old, but uh, we asked them about um, technology, putting more stuff in there mm-hmm. like this, and mm-hmm. they decided not to go for it because they said technology is changing so fast they didn't want to make the investment in it. Oh my gosh! Wow, really? Right. So we did. Technology. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's all right. Christina, uh-huh. let's recap for our listeners. How do people see your performance schedule? ArkansasSymphony.org. Um, and we've got everything up there. How do people buy tickets? ArkansasSymphony.org. Or they can call our webs- I'll call our phone number, 666-1761. Say that again. 666-1761. How do people get involved? 
They can get involved in all kinds of ways. We have a young professionals group called Sharp for people ages 21 to 40. And they can be members for $6 a month and come to all the concerts they want. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You can also become a member of the symphony. It's like Netflix and you get a membership for $9 a month. And then you can... Everybody needs to do that. Yes. I completely agree. It's just like Netflix. It's $9 a month. But you can come to every concert that you want to. That's a great gift to give to somebody. Yes. All right, next. And learn about the educational programs. ArkansasSymphony.org, education, and then it's all on the drop-down box. You do have a good website. If anybody wants to know anything, you can get on that website and you can find out anything. Where's my gift for this young lady? Where is my gift for this young lady? Uh Uh-oh, here it is. Pull it out for me, dear. Uh, Let's talk about who our our guest is next week. That would be Tim Zimmerman from SCORE. Oh, yeah. Do you know what SCORE stands for? Yes, for me. Mm-hmm. It'll be the Service Corps of Retired Executive. Oh, you did good job reading. Uh, he called me and he asked me if he could come on the show and talk about how to help small business owners and want to be small business owners. And that is exactly what we always want to do. So I'm really excited about having him on. He doesn't look like he's retired, though. He's kind of older. So here I'm putting together Christina's gift. It's a flag set. Oh, wow. I know. And Christina, the U.S. flag always goes in the center. Okay. And then these are all the states that you've lived in. Oh, wow. I was like, that's my South Carolina flag. You recognized it. <laughs> I did. I'm a Carolina girl through and through. There you go. That's oh, all the states neat. you've lived in. Thank Alabama, you. Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina. Look at me with my own Alabama flag. I know. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> 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 go Tigers. Uh, listen, thanks again. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. I'm going to come to the symphony. Please I'm do. I'm going to buy people gifts for okay. the symphony. Yeah. And I'm going to hook up our two 12-year-old children together That's so fun. that they can watch. Let's get them introduced early and appreciating it. Thank you for all that you do for our community. Sure. Thank you. Jason, um, I think that's it for us, Radio Jesus. I just want to say lastly <laughs> to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. If you think this program's been about you, you're right. But it's also been for us. Thank you for letting us fulfill our destiny. Our hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. If you miss any part of the show or want to learn more about UIYB, go to flagandbanner.com and click on Radio Show. Like us on Facebook or subscribe to her weekly podcast wherever you like to listen. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Underwriting opportunities available upon request. Carrie's goal is to help you live the American dream.